Welcome to Rogues on the Road. Discovered in 1812, naked and afraid under the deep and unforgiving canopy of Central Park, this indigenous duo sold their share of the Louisiana Purchase, swam to Port Chester, and set up shop with their co-host, the Standby Gypsy. From their humble beginnings, Rogues on the Road has quickly become the longest-running and most popular food and beverage podcast in recorded history. So, sit back, pour a cold pint, and tighten your spray skirt, you ninny-muggin. Welcome to Rogues on the Road, where we talk food, adventure, travel, and everything in between. This week, we're going to be talking a lot of food <laughs> and a lot of in between. Yes. Right. I'm Rich. I'm Matt, and we've got three very special guests with us today. Uh, we've got Morgan Spurlock. Um, Documentary filmmaker, producer, actor, activist, and playwright, and and, um, and uh, did we leave anything else out? And uh, spectacularly handsome uh, father of two. There yes, you go. Uh, <laughs> and, and kind of congratulations because they're young. Yeah, they are young. They yeah. are young. Yeah, thanks. And New York City native, but no hillbilly. I'm hillbilly, a hillbilly West, from West Virginia. West Virginia. Yeah, yeah. But okay. I've been here like thirty years, so I feel like now uh, you can start to native. claim it. That's, yeah, that's like rich. Bit like me. Yeah. <laughs> Um, joining us, um, uh, along with Morgan, we have two uh, very special guests as well that um, have recently appeared in uh, Morgan's film, Holy Chicken, which is what we're going to be focusing on today. Um, we've got two farmers. Uh, we've got John Buttram right here. Thank you for coming. Welcome, John. Thank you for coming on. Thank you. And uh, we've got uh, Charles Morris as well. Charles is another farmer. Thank you for joining us. Glad to be here. And you guys are both. two of the greatest chicken farmers in America, right yeah. there. Yeah, and you are from Alabama. Both of you. And Kentucky. And Kentucky. Kentucky. Oh, now we're talking bourbon yes. country. Yes. Okay. We're the best looking chicken farmers. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you are. We have. There's going to be a lot of. There's going to be a lot of chicken jokes. So you know, it's uh, it, those those might come in. But we had a chance to see this film, this documentary, last night. Super Size Me Too, Holy Chicken. Holy yeah. Chicken. Yeah. Uh, I mentioned Released to the public today. today. Going out, going out. Uh, all over. It's been in New York and L.A., and then today it goes uh, to about 25 more markets and is available on demand wherever you can watch movies. So on iTunes, on Apple, you know, your Time Warner, Spectrum On Demand, wherever you see those movies. It's every, you're going to be able to find it. And You'll it, be able to find it everywhere, yeah. And as you always do in your films, it tells a hell of a story. And well, um, and gets to the point. And gets to thanks. the point. Oh, good. Yep. It's yeah. scary. No beating around the bush. And I got to be honest. I'm not sure. Uh, I, I'm I'm nervous on chicken. Yeah. <laughs> it makes you it makes you a little nervous on chicken. That's the. Uh, I think that's part of the part of the story. So did this all start out with one letter, and and a thought? It's, and yeah. So it started off with us getting a you know meeting and approached by this uh, this advertising agency, which you see at the beginning of the film, who they represent. They represent Arby's and, um, oh gosh, I can't even remember what the other place is. They represent Arby's and Carl's Jr. I think that's what it is. And so they said, uh, you know, we, we've changed at Arby's. You know, we want people to know what we're doing. Or was it Carl's Jr.? I can't remember. It was one of the two. But they said, we've changed. We've got all of these products that we're making in-house. And what we want you to do, we want to do a commercial, you know, where you come in. We want to do this series where you come in and, you, and you're there to expose us for being, you know, wrong and the things we're doing. And then along the way, you discover, oh, my gosh, we're actually making all these things. And look, it's handmade and it's healthy. And look at this. And they're like, what do you think? And I was like, I think you're guys are out of your mind. Oh, shit. And I Said uh, and I said I think this is a great movie. So that was kind of the kickoff to what led to Holy Chicken and uh, the journey of meeting these two awesome guys. And a big can of worms. That's exactly. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Did yeah. you expect? You know, I don't want to give away the the, the documentary. Sure, of course. Um, but we need definitely need to. Talk yeah, let's, about, let's, let's dive in. Let's yeah, dive so, in. so the whole idea of the film was once we started getting into this, uh, you know, the question that we asked in the film after I was sent this letter was, because yeah, they're like, oh, it's healthier. There's, you discover all these things that are better for you. And I was like, well, has fast food really gotten that much better for us? Is it really that much healthier? Is, you know, things really turned a corner over the last, you know, 15 years since Super Size Me 1 came out? And uh, I said, this is a good thing to explore, but how do we do that? You know, how do we dive into this story? And I thought the very first film that we made was very much from a consumer perspective about the choices we make as consumers, what we eat, you know, how we live. 
And then this one, I said, well, why don't we make it from a corporate perspective? You know, if corporations are trying to change kind of their messaging and the way that they tell stories to make movies, why don't we use that as kind of our way to tell a story? And that was when I said, well, why don't I open my own fast food restaurant? Why don't I go down the path of opening my own fast food restaurant, figuring out what it takes, hiring all the people that a big corporation would do to make that happen. And it's fascinating as you go down this path of kind of seeing the people they hire, the people you work with from marketing executives to brand teams to, there was an amazing company we worked with out of San Francisco called CCD Innovation, Innovation. which they are, they are amazing. Like they are such a smart group of people, but they get hired by these big companies to help them figure out where the industry is going. What are people eating? Like, what do they like? And it's, and it's a, it's an incredible thing to see us working with those guys to develop products and everything. Charles, what were you going to say? Oh yeah. <laughs> and they look, they actually, they look like a genuine company. The food that they were They're, producing, they, they, the I mean, they, they, they invited, it. they invented the gordita, you yeah. know, like they, 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 if it wasn't for them, deal. you wouldn't have, they, there would be no gordita in the world. And, Without uh, them. Right. and it's, and it's cool. And they, they were really awesome folks. And, uh, but there's so many of those little pieces in the movie that yeah. you see these companies are like, Oh my God, like that's, yeah, you had, that's a, that's a business. Like yeah, those yeah, people, yeah. they're actually people that hired to do this. this. Somebody does yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, Branding, yeah. checking, you know, like algorithms of who people, what people eat, where, exactly. and you were going to multiple different companies, multiple companies, yeah. figuring out how to put together a fast food That's restaurant. right. And what, and what works? Like, what are people doing? What are they not doing? I ate a lot of chicken sandwiches along the way. And we, we picked, saw. And we picked chicken. Yeah, it's, which, listen, one, good thing I love chicken. <laughs> but uh, but two, because chicken is the most eaten animal on the planet. You know, right. in, the United, in the world today, we eat over 50 billion chickens a year, 9 billion in the U.S. alone. You know, every... 43 pounds per second. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's, it's a 300 chickens a second are getting eaten in the United States. And so, so like, every time you hear just that sound, there's 300 more, like, every time you think about it. So, Next. we were just like, that's yeah. the great way to dive into the story, is let's let's look at the most eaten animal on the planet. And what what's also happened is that since, supersize me, chicken and chicken sandwiches have now become the most eaten sandwich. They surpassed burgers, really? you know, last year. Right. So, it's uh, we just felt it was, like, a great kind of corner for us to come in on. And what happened at the point, what, at what point were you like, you know what, I'm going to do this, but I'm going to, I'm going to grow my own chickens. It was out of a conversation we had with this, uh, with CCD innovation, where we were speaking to them you see it in the film where if we're going to tell a good story, what's the story you want to tell? And, uh, you know, the story that hasn't really been told is that if you're really going to create a unique experience, why not create a farm to table fast food restaurant? So that not only a farm to table where it's coming from a farm, but a farm to table where it's coming from your farm, where you raise your own chickens, where you know where the foods come from and you can tell people that story. And so that's kind of what teed off us to, for me to go look for, you know, chicken farmers. And then you start to realize how hard it is to find an independent chicken farmer for one to an independent chicken farmer will actually talk to you because these guys are scared to death, like yep. shitless, scared shitless about talking because anybody who works in the chicken business, the minute you start speaking out, you suddenly become a target. You right. become somebody that is untrustworthy. You become somebody who doesn't play on the team of big chicken. And big. when I say big chicken, and you'll hear us talk about it a lot today, it's basically five companies that control 99% of the chicken you eat in America. It's Tyson, Purdue, Sanderson, Cook Foods, and Pilgrim's Pride. These guys control 99% of the chicken market. So 1% are independent chicken farmers. So these guys really don't want to get involved. And then I came across Jonathan Buttram, who Jonathan Buttram has been speaking out against the chicken industry for now 10 plus years, at least, right? And when you started this, when you started this, it was very obvious, and I don't, from the, from the cinematography point, the, the filming point, yeah. those phone calls were uncomfortable to watch. Oh, yeah. And you did a, I, I don't know if you planned on that, but that was a no, that was like, very uncomfortable watch. And when you approached him, uh, you suddenly, as a viewer, are going, oh, geez, man, this is... I don't know where this is going to go. Yeah. How did you find each other? Just so, well, I mean, luckily. Cool after cool after cool. Well, call after call after call. And luckily, Jonathan has been so outspoken. Like, you do a search for, uh, you know, uh, <laughs> outspoken, outspoken chicken farmers. Chicken farmers and he's, kinda, he he's top of your uh, <laughs> SEO right there. That's yeah. right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right there. <laughs> <laughs> but, but so when, when I found when I came across Jonathan and saw that he'd been speaking out for a long time, you know, I reached out to him, said, here's what we want to do. And he's like, uh, he goes, oh my gosh, I'd love to talk to you. And we went and met with him. His son, Zach, was who ended up raising our chickens. And, you know, Jonathan became more of like our, our chicken Obi-Wan Kenobi, the guy who's like guiding us through this whole world of the chicken mafia. And uh, we, we, like, we were so lucky to find him. Did you know what you were getting into and the potential risk and... Um, the 
the exposure exposure and tidal wave that you would bring upon big agriculture? Yeah, I pretty much knew it because I knew once I got in with Morgan, I make and maneuver things around my way to get my word out that I needed to get out. So that's what uh, my son and I started to do. And uh, things evolved a little more probably than Morgan wanted it to. Okay. <laughs> because we gave him ideas and stuff like that. And he uh, ran with it. We want him. We, we told, I think Zach said, wouldn't you like to be a household name, Morgan? So, <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So I think Morgan's going to be a household name. <laughs> next more week. Likely. Yeah. Next week. Or tomorrow. Yeah. Now, you, you started raising these chickens. Yeah. And it's terrifying that it takes six weeks from well even before that but even before we get to raising the chickens, yeah. you should, we got to talk about how hard it is to get chickens so that's it because you think because you think it's like oh that's going to be easy you just get some chickens i raise chickens yeah but but getting a few chickens i have eight yeah but not hard not no. hard to get not hard to get eight because the, like you can call places and order chickens and the amazing thing and they the ship them to they'll you. send them to your house in the mail in, in the, the mail, mail. It's, and it's, it's and so i'm going to plug these guys because they're fantastic it's murray mcmurray they are an amazing chicken place out of iowa right i'm not i'm not crazy murray mcmurray's in iowa you're right yeah they are yep. and so if you go to their website murraymcmurray.com they have dozens of varieties that you can order they got right. beautiful beautiful show chickens beautiful broilers layers you yeah, name yeah, yeah. it um, dozens and dozens of different varietals. Yep. You can get ducks, you can get turkeys, yep. you name it. These guys are awesome. And so, but we started calling around trying to find places to get chickens. And again, you can't get chickens oh. because again, this it's system, controlled it's by so a system by 99% of these, you know, by these giant corporations. Right. So everything falls under this corporation label. So you can find some places where you could maybe get a dozen, you know, or fewer. Yeah. Um, but then when we contacted these guys who send yep. them all over the country, they said, well, we could get you a few thousand and I was like, oh, my gosh, that's amazing. And they could have even given us a few more. Right. But there is a cap that they could even right. give you if you're going to raise, like, thousands of chickens. Because like now, you're, now you're entering into the game, you're, and into you're in, the matrix. And you're entering into right. a space where there aren't companies that can compete at that level for a reason. And that's why all of the people who would you know raise eggs to be sold into kind of a, into a larger corporate system have been bought by Big Chicken. People who you know slaughter have slaughterhouses that are in that game have been bought by Big Chicken, and the people who raise chickens at that volume have been bought by Big Chicken because every piece of competition has suddenly gotten sucked up. So to be an independent farmer and find independent chickens was was a nightmare. But we found these guys. They said we could get you a few thousand chickens. It was the greatest day ever, and I was over the moon to go to go meet with them and talk to them. But uh, but that was like literally the first problem. And then we get into now. Now You did it from incubation, right? We basically, yeah. So we basically went to them because they actually have, uh, they have, their, they have a, a place where they get their eggs from. Right. Where they basically, they basically create their own, their own integrated system. Okay. And that, it seemed in the documentary, it seemed like they, listen, <clears throat> raising chickens, it's, it's, you did it the best way possible. That's right. right. And they the are best very, way possible. Yeah. And it's not great. But the best way possible. And the farm that you got those chickens from right. seemed like a very um, responsible, very responsible morally place. and ethical as yeah. they possibly could. Yeah. And part of what we wanted to show is we also wanted to show you how the industry raises chickens. So, you know, there was a way where we could have raised them even better than we did. But we wanted to kind of go by a lot of industry standpoint. I mean, our chickens you see in the film already have 10 times more space right. than than a chicken house. Like this is a this is a chicken house about the size of a football field, yeah. probably yep. that we had twenty six hundred chickens in. And if you're Tyson, Purdue, any of those companies, you'll have thirty thousand chickens yeah. in that same space. Right. And the average space that a chicken will grow up in is twelve by twelve, one one foot one by foot. one foot. Yeah. Yeah. And you, before you seen the film, you're like, well, that's just horrible. You got to let them out. You got to let them out into the pasture. You gotta- and, and you tried that. I was- you did the little enclosure, and you just yeah, come on, buddy. Those chickens don't want to go outside. No, Those chickens don't want to go outside. Those no, chickens aren't aren't, aren't yeah. made to go outside yeah. and run they're around. They're institutionalized. That's right. Yeah. 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 Completely. Yeah. Yeah. And they were not. They're hybridized through selective breeding. So, you know, when they first and these guys can talk to that infinitely better than I can about like the the years that have gone into making these chickens be able to grow so fast, so big. Um, it's it's economical for them. Yeah, more than anything. And Charles and Jonathan, as chicken farmers, how, ha- how, has, has, how has that changed since you began farming to, to today? That's a big, big question, but... You, you know, raising a chicken used to take you eight, nine weeks. We're growing these things in six, six and a half weeks. I mean, the same size chicken. So, yeah, the genetics have been altered, and yes, I mean, it, it's changed dramatically. And like you, you guys said, you put a chicken... Per, you know, one square foot, 
Uh, these chickens don't have anywhere to go. Um, and like Morgan said, they don't want to go outside. They're in that nice little air conditioning. They're, they're, going, they're just fine. And they can't physically go no, outside. Physically, no. And, and they grow so fast, the legs go out from underneath them. Yeah, right. Uh, you just, you know, they're growing for the breast meats. And, and yeah, it, it's changed dramatically in the 28 years I've been doing it. Yes, sir. And how has the process sped up over the years? Feed? You know, feed, genetics, um, so much has been altered right. from, from when we first started. Right, right, right. And uh, chickens didn't die. Your mortality rates are through the roof now. Yeah. What, what are the mortality rates now? They're running around 10, you know, 8 to 10%. Used to, it was 2 to 3. Right. And you mentioned that the mortality rate, you want 8 to 10%. Because ours, now you, ours was much lower. We had a much lower mortality rate with our birds. When you got 2,600 chickens in the house, you ain't going to have much mortality. So, that's right. But, but they're fighting for space every day. Right. So that's right. Throw, if you just throw 30,000 chickens in those houses, your mortality rate goes up. Mm-hmm. And you were saying that the mortality rate, you want a certain amount of mortality because you know you're feeding the chickens the optimum amount of feed because they're just fattening up. They're just fat, just laying around getting fat. That's what they don't want them to, you know, just lay around and get fat. That's what the integrators want. Lay around. I mean, they want you to raise them in darkness, no daylight. Darkness? Yeah. Oh, yes. yes. What's, the, what's, the reason, what's the reason behind the dark house? What does that do? Just so the chicken will get up and eat, lay back down. He will not expend any energy, won't waste feed, keep feed conversions down. The company's got less feed in the chickens, and yep. they grow faster. Yep. It's just like you and me. If we just got up and went from the bed and ate and went and laid back down, it's yep. the same flock. Yeah, it's like milk, milk-fed milk yeah. veal where you know right. the, poor, the poor calf is literally just... And so, what is, so when you give the chicken some light what does that do to the chickens just like me and you would get more active you, you expend more energy the feed conversion goes up and it comes and get skinny that. yeah they <laughs> want the least amount of inputs in these chickens yeah, right. with the most pounds they can get right. and has it always been like that no no sir no sir we used to have open houses chickens you let the curtains down you i mean you know they just it was a different world i mean the chickens looked happy um uh, you felt you felt better as a farmer. I felt, but yes, yes, sir. You felt better as a farmer. You know, now you feel like sometimes you know you have to euthanize a lot of chickens, and, and you just it's just changed, man. It's just. And was there was there a tipping point where you're like, I I got to expose this. I've got to either change my farming ways. Or give up. It, it makes you want to quit. It really yeah. does because because you don't feel like you're doing the right thing. You know, not only for the animals, but for the consumers out here. Absolutely. It really, you, yeah. you feel like you want to give up right. sometimes. Or educate, which yes. is what or you're educate, doing now. which is what Morgan yep. is going to help do for us. Yep. So. Yeah, it was that moment, I don't know, that movie where they put on the sunglasses. It was that wrestler, and he sees the world as it really is. Oh, right. Uh, they was in it. They, they live? They live. They live. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, Rowdy Roddy Piper. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, literally coming down the street today. Just taking, a, 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 we're on 23rd Street, and walking or driving down 23rd Street, you see, you know, um, f- you know, f- uh, field chicken, and all these different. You're, it's once you see it, once you expose it, and you see these hormone-free, all-natural, grain-fed, um, vegetarian, it, and you understand now that that is all pretty much bullshit. bullshit. Yeah. Yeah, it's all, all those labels are meaningless. That's right. And this is the thing about our chickens, which uh, I also explained to people, we have, a, we have a great scene in the film where I show you how we make our chickens free range. And so we have this, we have this vision of what a free range chicken is. It's this happy chicken running yeah, around outside, having this great life. Yeah. I was excited. You open up the door and <laughs> yeah. you have the fence. And I'm like, this is, oh, this is, this is going to be the moment. Nothing. Yeah. Yeah, nothing. And so, so what we did is I called the USDA and I say, how much space am I supposed to give these chickens? How much are they supposed to have? What are the regulations around? And they said, yeah, there's not really a, a number. There's not really a limit. You know, it just basically says that they have to have access to the outdoors for, you know, up to 51% of their life. Right, I, right, said, right. I said, just access. I said, that's it. And I said, so I said, I'm in Alabama. It's like 100 plus degrees down here. Right. Said, it's really hot. I said, so can I just open up the door in the morning and then close it during the day when it's hot and then open it up again in the evening? So, you know, that, you know, so that they have access. And she goes, that's totally fine. Yeah, that's, that's absolutely right. And so we made, I said, and how big does it have to be? She goes, yeah, it doesn't say. And so we, so we made this pen that is essentially about five feet by five feet Mm -hmm. wide. Um, You know, Zach and myself and Jonathan, and we put it up, we submitted it to the USDA certified free range. So now you think, now that's crazy enough. Like that's, yeah. and, 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 but, and here's the thing, like, and they don't even have to walk out. Like as you see in the film, you I, had tried, to force them. I tried to force <laughs> You pick one up and put it out. You pick, you pick one up and put it in there. And, and, and the first, like, what the hell did seconds. you just do? He's yeah. like, don't put me in the sun. I don't want to do this. He runs back inside. 
Um, but they, but just by giving them the opportunity to go outside, they're free range. They don't have to go outside. Right. They don't have. They just have to kind of know there's a door there and see right. it, and never go out there in their free range. Wow. Had I also, which is offensive enough, that's one. Two, had we changed the feed to have been organic feed, because they basically uh, in our feed there was pork in the feed, which makes it uh, not no, be organic. makes it not organic. Right. But had it been you know all veg and organic feed, then the chickens would have also been organic because of that so it's so you think and you think well if you think if it's an organic free range chickens all these great things are happening and it's like no it's a crummy environment they're being raised in with with food that is you know potentially substandard but it's and this is this is where the big change for me happened last night too and my wife refuses to believe it we get all of our chicken from trader joe's yeah comes in packets it's organic free range free range yeah baloney <laughs> So what about pa- what about pasture raised? Well, pasture, pasture totally raised different? pasture raised and free roaming are different. You okay. know, free roaming means they actually get to go out and run around. Pasture okay. raised means they could still be in cages in a field that they just drag the cages around okay. in the field. So they're actually outside, okay. but they're still trapped in like this enclosure that just gets okay. moved around. Gotcha. I'm sorry. Go ahead, Jonathan. Well, when they're what he talks about in the cages, that's what you call rejuvenative farming. And it, which is really good. Sounds that, like they're on parole. For, well, it's good for the land. <laughs> yeah, that, that they'll drag that cage over new grass. They'll eat right. it. Yeah, and it's it's just like being outside, but they don't have the risk of the animals and right. stuff predators like that right, killing yeah, yeah. Them, predators right. and all that. Because there's a like really big danger of the chickens tricking chakta free range. Right. But then where the these chickens sit and and they did their dirty job. That fertilizes the ground, so then yeah, move them on. You put it grows back grass. Yep. Cattle comes along behind and eat it. That's really a pretty good way of doing it. Yep. Yeah, as because right now you the waste that's collected has to get trucked off. Yeah, so you don't have to truck it off. It just fertilizes yeah. the ground. You don't leave them in that one spot. But can um, you make can you make a profit? Past can you make a profit as a farmer? Doing raising chickens morally and ethically. Yeah, Will Harris in South Georgia is uh, like. Oakleaf Farms, I think I, I may have mispronounced it, but he he does very well growing chicken. I think he processes fourteen different animals like that. But yeah. he does very well in the business that he's doing it in. You got to establish a market. Yeah, and uh, the guy out of Chicago, right? Indian, Indian Greg Gunthorpe, like his chickens that run around outside. You know, he's got uh, he doesn't have huge chicken houses; he has smaller chicken houses that look like little like army barracks that the chickens they actually go out and run around all day. So, I mean, there are farmers that are out there doing it. And I think the problem is, is again, everybody gets institutionalized. Once yep. you become a part of big chicken, you yep. become a part of the machine. Yep. It becomes hard to break away. Right. And Charles can talk to this probably better than anyone because it's the debt load that you start getting under. Like yeah. it's the debt load. It's the delivery that you have. It's the amount of, of responsibility that you have. Not only the people who work for you, but your own life of having to keep things going. So to make a shift and make a change and try and suddenly pivot to something that you believe is ethically, morally It's huge better. and expensive. It's huge and expensive. And how yeah. do you do that? Right. Matt, Matt, when you said a minute ago to, to, to chicken farms, can you make money? When you build a new chicken house, it does not cash flow from day one, from day one. But what they do, they give you a new house incentive for a few years to make you feel good. And that new house incentive only gets you up to average pay. So if you have any disasters or anything like that, you, I mean, you can go bankrupt the first year. And it comes out of your pocket. It comes out of your pocket. But yeah. from day one, chicken houses do not cash flow. So And talk about, talk about the cost of, of building a new chicken house today. A, a new chicken house is a quarter million to $300,000. Jesus. And, you, and, and we've only got like a cent and a half over the last 20 years in, in, in a raise in the last 20, 25 years. They do not cash flow. It's it's got to be it's a scam, is what it is. And it's so. This is is this the model? So it's these five companies. Purdue. It's, like a, it's a cooperative monopoly. Co- that's the co- best way. Right. That's the best way to describe it. It's a cooperative monopoly because people say, "Oh no, you got choices. You got these five companies. They completely collude with one another to They're price all fix. Sleeping together. They completely work together to make sure that farmers are all kept at the same pay at the same low pay grade. They work together to make sure that the the cost that they take their chickens to market in are exactly at the same place. You know, so it's, they are they are doing everything they can to push back against these guys. So they don't grow their own chickens. They they have you. They have you growing the chickens, but you're buying them from all the material. They're shouldering all the burden of the company. Like the farmers shoulder all the debt. They shoulder all the burden. They and shoulder all the, the, all the potential risk that goes with it. And then they decide how much they're going to pay you. 
correct. We, we, if you're going to get paid. We carry 82% of the debt load of the whole company combined with the growers and everything. We get less than 1% of the profit out of them. I mean, these guys are terrorists. They have a magazine that all of them spread amongst themselves called Agristats. Ag- Agristats. Agristats. That tells, that's RICO. That's, that's organized crime. That's why we call them the meat mafia. And they know what, everybody knows what a plant worker makes. So one worker can't go to another plant and make more money. One grower can't go to another company and make more money. If they terminate one grower, then he becomes blackballed from all the rest of the company. So Jesus. he's totally. And this is what's happened. This is what's so, happened with Jonathan. Yeah. So yeah. then you're on your own. Yeah. You're on your own. Because you, in the, in the film, you're, you were producing some great chickens. And Fantastic. You, I've been growing for 40 years. I've grew over 56 million chickens. I know more about the chickens than the veterinary does. He has to <laughs> cut them open. I can look at them. Yeah. And, and you still, even though you had the prize chickens, you got the least amount. Least amount of money because I'm blackballed. Wow. I, you know, that's, that, that is terrifying. Because I speak out. Yeah. Nobody is allowed to speak out anymore. Even Congress tells them to quieten me down. So who pays Congress political fees, their campaigns and all that? These large meat packers do. And you knew when you contacted Morgan, when this all began, you knew this was the potential. Yeah, I knew it was. I knew what was going to happen. But God that, bless that's you. a sacrifice I make yeah, for, for your beliefs. God bless you. Yeah. If, if I can do something to make a he- healthy child, yeah. he will grow up and be a healthy adult. Absolutely. And that way, you know, if, if we... If, I think the key to the farmers is is the farmer to get rid of cancer and type 2 di- diabetes, diabetes and stuff like that because all that's coming from this nasty food that these uh, factory farms, these large corporations are producing now. Right. It is literally killing us. And the c- consumer is not aware of this. They're not aware Could, of it. They are now. No, we're living in the matrix. Yeah. I f- I f- that's what I, f- I felt like we were living in the matrix. Yeah. I, I was so shocked and you knew it was there, but it, it's kind of like we, we like to forage for mushrooms. And when you go out and you forage for mushrooms, you see one. You can't find them at all. Mm-hmm. You see one, suddenly see you see thousands. them all. Yeah. And that's where it's like they live. It's, it's everywhere. Yeah. It's everywhere. And there has to be. Well, this is part of what you see in the film. And it's not just the chicken industry. It's the energy industry. You know, it's these people who come from a corporation and then they go to the regulating bodies. And we're seeing it right now in the administration that's in, in office that they go in, they roll back regulations, make it easier and, and make it easier for corporations to make more money and manipulate and lie to consumers, make it more difficult for us to know what we're getting and have the protections that we should have as citizens. And then they leave these governing bodies or leave these regulatory bodies and go back to the corporations they left and start making even more money as like a reward for all the great work they did when they were away and it's it is it's a revolving door and it's happening through the usd it's happening through the the fda it's happening through the epa like all of these companies these organizations you think are looking out for you are not because we have let the corporatocracy take over yep the government through the through their money and through the the people that come into it and through a combination of creative branding correct um it is pulling a mask over consumers 100 percent I was shocked that, you know, people, I thought people would know what the difference between all natural and organic is. No, they're just labels that have such a spectrum of spectrums. Yeah. 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 Bullshits. Yeah. Sorry for me to say it too. Yeah. 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 And what, so what's happening now? What is, I mean, it almost seems, are there's the chicken, what's the yeah. advocate group? Oh, um, the, the National Chicken Council. The National Chicken yeah. Council. But yeah, so here's, I'll tee, up, I'll tee up where Jonathan is and he can dive into it and Charles yeah. can also, both these guys are involved in lawsuits now. Okay. Um, Jonathan, uh, you know, he's been blackballed for years, was blackballed for years. His son, Zach, who grew our chickens, um, is now blackballed just because his name is Buttram. So Zach can never get a contract with a chicken company. Um, and his wife, Connie, who was growing chickens for Cook Foods at the time when we were making the film, once they found out that Zach was growing our chickens, that Jonathan was talking to us, they retaliated against her. And now she's on what's called a quote-unquote permanent hold. 
So a permanent hold means we haven't canceled your contract. You're not fired, but you, you, can't, can, you, can, but you can't make any money because right. no chickens ever show up. So right. for three years, not one chicken has shown up on her farm. So you got this farm that you still have every expense for, everything you still have to cover and pay for, but there's no chickens coming in. I mean, just to ensure their farm is, you know, what, $20,000 a year? Sure. Yeah, twenty twenty-five. Yeah. It's and like a slow parasite. It is. And then Charles is involved in a huge... I guess we, it would be a class action lawsuit because you have a bunch of different farmers that are involved, growers are involved against Tyson. And so both these guys can kind of talk to where they are. Jonathan, you want to go first? Well, I really can't say much about my, anything about my wife's suit, but I have lately went around the country and helped some growers find lawyers to take on this litigation. But up until the last couple of years, nobody would take on a poultry farmer. They mm-hmm. All lawyers were so afraid of these large meat packers that they were afraid to take the case because they owned the judges too. They would go in and the judge would always rule against the farmer no matter what. So it's changing yeah. now. Yeah. This I thing's mean, changing. We're seeing it. We saw it with Monsanto, um, you know, farmers being put out of business because 100%. it's just, that's a whole other ballgame. And I'm, and I'm sure they've been seeing each other too. Yes. Um, they're somehow connected. Did you guys know about in 2014 the country of origin labeling was taken off of all of our meat in our stores? that told it was grown and processed in the United States. The American Cattlemen Association sort of worked with these large packers and went to Congress, and Congress pulled the labeling. Well, what did that do? I I was selling cash for $1,400 a head. When they took the labeling off and they started mass shipping beef from other countries into here, it dropped the price of my calf to $500 a head. And now then, when you go to a store, they change the labor, and when it comes in here on these barges, freezer barges yeah. or a foot, once it gets here, they package it as product of USA, and it is not USA. They, Congress just worked that around where they can bring all this meat in. Now, our American beef, our good beef that we grow, my understanding is shipped out across the world to the elite and the elect across the world. I mean, how sickening can that be? What a mess. We worked for 10 years, me and my wife, to get country of origin labeling on where it would help us farmers. Well, what'd they do? Take it away and destroy the yeah. American farmers, what they did. And consumers, consumers, there are a lot of consumers. They want to know the story behind their food. Yeah, they I want agree. to know the story behind their ingredient. They really want to know their farmers. There is no such thing as farm to table because everything is farm to table. Right. Yeah, doesn't you know? matter. There's there again. There's no there's no governance around that idea. Right. So everything comes from a farm, right. no yeah. matter what it is. Right. And a giant and it's up on the and, table. That's right. And a giant <laughs> and a giant chicken house filled with thirty thousand chickens. Yeah. It's still called a farm, yeah. right. so everything makes its way here. It's still a quote-unquote farm-to-table, so the, the vernacular is, is also a problem. A myth. And yeah. there's, a, there's also a big myth around that you know farmers are doing great things and making great money and, and doing – they're struggling. They've got all this equipment. They, they must right. be making you know, millions of dollars right. a year on right. these farms. Right. And You've got can – I, can I play a little preview? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Looks like you found a better way to do this, Dad. Organic, non-GMO feed, 100% veggie diet. I can raise you too. I can raise anything. Purdue, raising more organic chickens than anyone in America. Old man still got it. <laughs> All right. That, like, you're like, oh, wow, God, it just sounds so good. And nothing like, more, mis- and there's, again, there's nothing more misleading than just yeah. calling them organic chickens. Yeah, it's get, really unbelievable. Gets out of his truck and everything's yeah. good, and he's a farmer. Yeah. He's a suitor. <laughs> and that's it. The Chicken Council and these folks have spoken out against the movie and talked about how there's all these happy chicken farmers. Again, there are company men. There are these company chicken farmers that work for Tyson and Purdue that are probably very happy, you know, with the way the machine works for them. And, you know, they will walk the company line and, you know, say and do everything the company wants. They've got these beautiful farms. So they're the ones that get trotted out in front of the cameras right. to do the right. interviews because right. it, it is the most picturesque, right. you know, kind of bucolic image you could have of a farm. Um, but those those guys are in the those guys are in the small set of the people who are ecstatic about big chicken. Like Charles, Charles, talk about what's happening with your suit and what that uh, what the story is behind it and kind of what what's going on. Yeah, um, as much as you can. Yeah, ours is a little different. We uh, we've actually we've got public justice involved in our lawsuit. They actually saw our lawsuit and and they called us and they said that they'd never seen such an injustice in, in the in the food industry. And they got with my attorneys, and they teamed up with us. So, we, you know, public justice is going to bring some awareness to what's really going on. And so, what is the suit? Like, what are you guys suing Tyson for? Fraud, intentional fraud, mm-hmm. and it's turned into, uh, um, Lord, I don't know all those big lawyer terminology and stuff, but it's, it's grown into 
a Montrose. Yeah. Because um, people have seen it. They've been wanting – somebody's been wanting to do something. Yeah. But they just They're didn't scared. feel like – Yeah, they, <laughs> they just didn't feel like they could take on these big corporations. No, no, but now we've got yeah. several law firms, Mason and Bryson. Yeah, good. They've teamed up together. And they're going to take them on. Yeah, because the, the one thing is one of my favorite scenes, it's a horrible scene in the films. We're talking to Charles and we're talking to these other chicken farmers who are under the thumb of these chicken companies. And these guys are basically indentured servants for these companies. Because what corporations do, what these chicken corporations do, is the minute you start to get out of debt, and again, these guys are in cahoots with the banks. They know where yep. you are in terms of how much money you pay. Yep. And so the minute you're almost out of debt and you're almost there, Guy shows up, you know, kind of your field representative starts going through the barn, looking at all your things. Oh, He's you like, need all new fans. You need new fans. You My fans a, work fine. You need nope. a new. You need a new heating heating system. Oh, you need a brand new water filter system. So next thing you know, you've got to do eighty thousand dollars in upgrades on this one barn, just on your one on one chicken house. And then if you if you got as many as Charles's, what do you got? 52. 50, 52. 52 chicken houses. Suddenly you're looking at millions of dollars in upgrades. Nice. And so and there's it's nothing, nothing, nothing you can do, right nothing you can do about it. Cycle of debt. You're right back in it because they won't send chickens until the upgrades are done. So now you've got it. So you're forced to do these upgrades to make these changes, and now you're back in debt once again. And so, and then if you piss them off even more, they'll send you a lot of chickens, chickens, (laughs) a lot of chickens that are unhealthy to start. They'll send you sick chickens. They'll send you female chickens. They'll send you things that ultimately won't grow. So you're at the bottom of the tournament system, you know, which is something we have talked about yet. We can talk about that next. But these guys, you know, they're in this cycle of debt, and and simultaneously, these corporations and this whistleblower that's in the movie, you know, thank goodness he spoke to us. He said it was my job. It was my job, and I was told by the company to force upgrades on people when they didn't need them. Because the whole idea, but with the companies, we have to keep these farmers in debt. We have to keep them basically on a chain with us so they can't go anywhere. And, it, and to hear that, actually, to hear somebody actually tell you that in the film is, is unbelievable. Yeah. There's yeah. less. And actually, really good. Yeah. There, there's yeah. class. owns up to it. Yeah. yeah. There's, there's yep. class action suits that have been won with much less evidence. 100%. Much less evidence. The evidence that is happening here is overwhelming, yeah. and you would think it would be that easy, but it's not because of well, they own so the much. players. The players have so they have so much money. They right. own so much of the legal system and so much of the of the government with the money they pay to get people elected. I mean, it is a David versus Goliath, you know, tenfold. Yeah, yeah. It has been four years. Four years we've been battling them. And and are you still currently farming? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And you still have you're still buying your chickens. Yes, yes. From what, one well, from one of the from I'm thirteen percent of their production. Okay, they they kind of need me. If I was a smaller grower, they'd already stomped all over me. It'd have been over with. Right, right. Yeah, but they actually need me. Uh, they don't like me, but they need me. Yeah. So. That's and, that's, and, and that's why we need people like Charles. We need people who are kind of these cornerstones of the companies to also stand up and say, "I'm going to fight for the guys who aren't." Yeah, you know, yeah. I'm going to speak up for the yeah. guys who aren't. But it's hard. Yeah, right. Yeah. Are there are are you, I, Let me tell you, can I... Yeah, absolutely. Do you know right now, they've got limit on the houses they'll give growers because they don't want you to have any control. They would never sell me 52 <laughs> chicken houses. Smart. They would never do that. Now, you know, Purdue's four houses, Tyson's eight houses. They don't because... Because the they can control you. Control. That's right. The more, the more you have, the more powerful you get. Right. Yeah. Now, they're, Costco's going into the chicken business in Nebraska to supply 40% of their rotisserie chicken. So, a firm that was started called Gallup Corporation was started by two life bank loan officers has put in for a hundred and thirty five of those Costco houses that's about one quarter of them so that's large corporations taking over now the companies will allow them to do it because there's no farmers there and so these guys are in cahoots with the large corporations so you're taking the farmer out of play when this happens so that means it, what it is, this is, is a big play by the large integrators and packers to take the farmer completely out of it. Because if you take all of us out, you don't have a guy like me and Charles standing up That's speaking right. for them. All you have is some, maybe some Hispanics or, or Haitian workers there that's just working for a paycheck. They're just like day laborers. Care. Yeah, yeah. day laborers, yeah. guys. Oh, my God. Can of worms. Yeah. So it's a, it's a, it is a it is a deep dark rabbit hole. I yeah. mean that's the that's what you start as you start going down it just gets further and further and further. But has, also needs exposing at the same time. Like yeah, which is what you're doing. Absolutely. And you had so mentioned trying. right after right after you filmed this. Yeah. Um, was it just days after or a month after you were you were speaking? 
on behalf of you were being asked to go and speak on behalf, almost lobbying for the farmers. Yeah, like I was, uh, I was asked to you know speak on behalf of farmers at a, at a couple of different at a couple of different events, and I was asked to speak. <laughs> I was asked to speak about what we were doing at an association. It was a national event of all the marketing representatives of fast food companies. <laughs> so right after we did Holy Chicken, I was invited to, sp- to be like their keynote speaker at a big fast food. Uh, marketing event in awesome. Chicago, which was amazing. Yeah, I'm sure. But they're a little irony. Yeah. A little irony, but where, where I basically told them what we were doing is like that, uh, you know, I was and essentially like, you guys keep lying to everyone. We're going to keep telling them the truth and we'll meet somewhere in the middle. I said, but everything you say, we're just going to keep using yeah. because people need to know what's really going yeah. on. And there were people in the audience who were like, yes. Yeah. And there were other people, other people like, oh, other people were like, shoot this guy immediately. Get this guy off the stage quickly. Yeah. But you brought up a good point. Like yeah. the, the chicken is good. Yeah. Chicken is great. Yeah. You know, just do it well. Yeah, yeah, like we were saying last night, like why can't we buy chicken from you? Yeah, it. it, I mean, because it was a little shocking when you when you chucked the little chicks, but it 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 shocks them to kind of get right. And then they're all Rights around you, like you like you're a your father, like you had (laughs) you know fifteen hundred kids. That's right. You know, but I want to eat your chickens. Yeah, I'm I'm okay with it, and I want to eat more of our chickens too. It's not it's not perfect. Yeah. And this, it's not a perfect system, but, you know, I think that, you know, with the help of farmers like Charles and Jonathan, you know, we're sitting here in the middle of Holy Chicken in New York City. If, if anybody happens to hear this and you're in New York City, you can actually come to our pop-up at 18 West 23rd Street. We're going to be here till September 22nd, um, giving you a good, you know, healthy dose of uh, healthy dose of uh, truth healthy and chicken. honesty. And, uh, and you know, I wouldn't call it healthy chicken. I mean, it is deep crisped in our deep crisper. Oh, <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. We, yeah. We, don't, we don't say... Uh, we don't say the F word don't, 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 don't drop an F bomb. That's right. <laughs> It is, uh, but it's one of those things, like, as I sit here, and this came out of a conversation I was having with Jonathan and Zach while we were raising our birds, is we started saying, like, there's a, we could do more of these. Like, there's a way to do more yeah. places like this. There's a way where we could have more farmers like them, 100%. where when you walk in and you see the picture on the wall, it's the farmer that actually grew your chicken on the outside of town, yeah. and you tell his story of, like, how he fought against big chicken and, like, the battles he's had financially and what, how hard it was for him to kind of break out of the, of the machine. And I just... I will just, pay... I will pay yeah. for that. I think, I think, I think cons- more and more consumers w- want that. That's right. And, we'll, and, I, and I was duped last night. I thought Trader Joe's organic chicken, I, we're paying a lot of money for it. Yeah. But it's my wife and I, and we're trying to live a little bit longer and live, live, <laughs> right. li- live a little bit healthier. Yeah. But apparently that's not so. Yeah. So I, 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 I'm okay with paying a little bit more. A little bit more. And not everybody can, and that's what we re- recognize. You know, I mean, we're we're selling our sandwich here for for, and it's a big sandwich. I will I will preempt this by saying it's a big sandwich. That's nine seventy five, um, and but it's a it's a big sandwich. You could also you know eat it. You could eat over two meals if you wanted to. But it's uh, and but that's not, okay. not everybody. But not everybody could afford a nine seventy five right. sandwich, and I totally get that. But I think there is a there is a large swath of the population that can. And part of what you want to do to change the system is you have to get the people who are there at that price point and up. Right. To start to buy things and want to change things because then that will push it down and, and enable more access, enable prices to get lower, enable more growers to provide it. It's just there has to be somebody who starts to tee it off, and, and that's what we believe we could do. And Education. Yeah, and let them know. Do you paint the uh, grill lines oh, 100%. on your chickens? 100%. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. No, you have. Henna. That is, this is, this is, uh, we actually have our patented uh, flavor chart technology. You do? Yeah. Trademark. Trademark patented flavor chart technology. When you, when you get in line, you'll be able to get yourself a delicious flavor chart grilled crispy chicken sandwich. And it's, it's novelty and, and scary, but awesome. Yeah. yeah. You know, and it's because you are being slapped in the face yes. with transparency on a whole new level. Yes. Um, and it's, you know, we were coming down here and this is, this is an experience. It's an exhibit. Mm-hmm. This is a food exhibit. Yeah. And the goal is like, how do we keep the exhibit going? How do we keep it going for forever? How do you change the message in it? So that every, you know, six, eight weeks, there's a different message around the food industry, the chicken industry, so that people can come and they can be like, they'll get a, you'll get a whole new experience, a whole new experience, right. a whole new dose of, Seafood. dose of transparency. Yeah. You know, uh, oh, we haven't even gotten into the food side, oh, the fish side yet. It's like <laughs> fish side That's next yeah. year. Booze. Oh, I already, I already see, but I already see. Holy mackerel! Come on, I already oh, see the restaurant. There we are. So I already see the restaurant. Come on, holy mackerel! Holy mackerel! Yeah, yeah, you can see that. Yeah, yeah. This is this is just going to keep going. That's right. It's just going to keep going. Brilliant. So what? Um, back to if I want to buy chicken, if listeners want to buy chicken, what is? 
What should we look can, for? What should we look for? Let's, let's ask our chicken farmers. Yep. Where, where do you, where do you, if you want to buy chicken, where do you go? I just came from the farmer's market around the street right there, and there is actually farm-raised chicken and turkeys at the farmer's market. So start a rapport with that farmer and uh, get talk to, know to him, him and get to know him, and he will furnish you with the best chickens you ever ate and the healthiest chickens you ever ate. Yeah. That's what I suggest. Search bit, out a farm. Do the research. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. do the and research. We, and if you live in a town, you know, there's there's a good chance if you're in a city there where there's good farmer's markets, even if you're outside of town. Like, even in Beckley, West Virginia, where I grew up, there was a great little farmer's market where you could go buy stuff fresh from the farmers and the guys who were from you know, outside of town. And, uh, and I mean, that's a great place to start. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And, but you do have to be careful. We have, uh, in our town, we have a, we have a farmer's market mm-hmm. and, um, you go out to the farmer's market and it's, you know, there's other vendors. So there's other organic vendors there and they're much smaller. They've got a table this size, yeah, but yeah. there's always like this one big and, you know, there's wood crates and, and the, the produce is dirty and covered with dirt. They go down to Hunt's Point. They buy it wholesale. They put them in wood boxes. They take them up, and you think you're you're getting organic. Their farmers market should throw them out because right. they were telling me about throwing out some farmers that was it doing be, that sort of stuff. So they're not going to allow it to go on. Wow. And it's it's a lot of these farmers markets. They don't enforce make, bake, or grow, mm. and people are getting duped. And then these smaller farms. That's crazy. These smaller that's farms. That's crazy. Who are tr- have this little table here? As if I'm not getting lied to enough. Now I'm Sorry, also getting man. lied to at the <laughs> farmers market. For tomato. Oh, so here, so the message of this whole podcast is you should all stop eating. You should, I mean, <laughs> yeah, you should yeah. stop right. Whatever you're eating right now, you, put it down. You can eat dust. That's right. It's, yeah, it's low in right. holy chicken and have a chicken sandwich. Exactly right. I know exactly where it's coming from. That's right. I know so, exactly how it was raised. I want to hear Charles. I want to hear Charles House. Where should we get our chicken from, Charles? I don't know anymore. <laughs> <laughs> you, you know, we go vegetarian. Uh, we, we should just do a mic drop. Hey, we in Toronto. We, yeah. we come out of the uh, premiere in Toronto, and the guys on the street ask me, "Well, what do I get chickens?" Ninety-nine percent of it's controlled by the big boys. Yeah, I mean, yeah. you're going to have to get it from them. But you, I would say, if, if they would just learn to be, like you said, be honest. The consumer will pay for that honesty. Absolutely, mm-hmm. they will pay that. Absolutely. Just be honest. Yeah, that's right. But, yeah. And I mean, as far as the wording goes, is there any, any wording that you can look for on packaging that is trustworthy? I mean, I think that, I think you can't get around like a free roaming. Again, I, and again, I don't 100% know, but I feel like free roaming, at least you know the chickens are outside running right. around. Right. Or pasture like is, raised, yeah. pasture finished. Right. Right. Grass fed, grass finished, yep. you know, yeah. instead and of so, having one handful but I feel, of grass. But I feel like even with pasture raised, you can have a pasture raised chicken and they can still be in those cages and get dragged around on the field. Oh, like those, can be, those are pasture raised chickens right, right, right. that are, and it literally is a cage that they drag around with the tractor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It spends one day here. The yeah. next day they drag it like another 20 feet. Right. I feel like that it's the same thing. When I initially built our chicken, Coop, I was on a four hundred dollar budget. I, I was going to do the the uh, chicken tractor for like eight uh, eight hens, whatever. I built the frame, couldn't move the thing, and um, <laughs> <laughs> so that, that went that theory. But I let them roam around the yard and all that stuff. It, the yeah. problem is the predators. Yeah, so, uh, exactly. Yeah, the hawks and They're, all that stuff. So, so now you got to buy like some sheep dogs. So to keep you, you got to get some dogs to protect your chickens. There you go. Yeah, there you go. It just keeps going. Yeah, it just right. keeps. But the eggs are so good. There's nothing better than like fresh really eggs. Is. It's the greatest. Yeah. It is, and it, especially when they're able to pasture yeah. and get out into pasture, right. eat insects, have a more right. normal diet. Yeah. yeah. There's a there's a definite yep. change in but flavor. This, but this is one thing. Like, what can people do? The one thing you just said is something that if you have the space, and you yep. don't need a lot of space no, in your you backyard, if you have the space to put a yep. tiny little chicken yep. coop. Get two or three chickens and Absolutely. get a little chicken coop yep. and get your own eggs because yep. just that little piece that you start chipping away is a great thing to do. And it is not, afford- it is not expensive no. to have a few hens roaming around your yard. And it's, and it's a great thing to have it and it will, it will already start to change the economics of the chicken world that you're living in. And they're very social. That's right. Yeah. Oh, they, 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 Easily trained. I mow my grass. They follow me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 Brilliant. Brilliant. Yeah. Yeah, despite all the hybridization, they're, they're still... 
living organisms and deserve respect. Yeah. Listen, my niece, uh, she's an amazing human being. She uh, just went off to college at University of Kentucky and left all of her chickens. She is like the, the little chicken lady. She's amazing. That's great. But she has this, she has a pen. She's got probably like 20 chickens in the backyard that will literally stand, they'll sit on her mm-hmm. shoulder. Yeah. They'll follow around the yard yep. and they go to feed her. They don't like anybody else in her family right, except right. her. Like she, she'll go out there and they will literally all huddle around her. That's it's right. an amazing thing yeah, to really see. Is. And does she eat yeah. chicken? Oh, is she? I th- yeah, I think she still yeah. does eat yeah. chicken, yeah. but no, she might not. She might be done. She might just love them yeah. and not want to eat them. Yeah, there, um, yeah. yeah there's definitely that. <laughs> I can't remember seeing them processed, yeah. and you know, everyone should see. Think owning, everyone should see animals processed. Chi- but by owning chickens, you have more respect for the chicken you're buying. I agree. And during the winter months, I agree. We, we get very few eggs due to the amount of sunlight, whatever. Yeah, and it kills us to have to buy eggs. Yeah, but you do, and you will pay a fortune. Doing it in the right way. That's right. But pay for what you get for. John, Charles, do you eat chicken? Every day I eat chicken. <laughs> <laughs> I, I feel good. Excellent okay. chicken chef. He's I an amazing, sure amazing barbecue. That. Jonathan That's makes amazing barbecue. That's awesome. I, I eat chicken every day. <laughs> <laughs> every day. And can you eat your chicken? Sure, I can eat my chicken. I was <laughs> raised on a farm. I'm a country boy. Yeah. Okay. Morgan many, was raised like that, too. How many chickens do you have at your house right now, just at your place? I got about 125 laying hens. Right. That we, we pickle the eggs yep. and uh, sell them out because since right. we've lost our living, we have to try to do things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they're Diversified. free-range, organic chickens. Yeah, they run around eggs. the house. Once people can find that's like a poof. Oh, one of the things we did. You can buy chicken eggs from the farmer. That's just... That's mind blowing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, one of the, one of the chickens. This is well, we should tell the story because in uh, one of the chickens we kept that we were raising, one of like the, one of our kind of our Franken chickens that we yeah, had yeah. before they went off the market. We we kept like three, I think, at your house, three you're, or four. Your yeah. ambassador, and, yes. and a couple yeah. of them, you know, died off pretty quick. Yeah. But one of them lived a long time, about a year. Lived almost a year. And how big did that chicken get? How many pounds? I weighed it, and it when it died, and it was sixteen pounds, big Holy as a turkey. Damn. Unbelievable. <laughs> But, but it, it was it, was it able to walk? It couldn't hardly get around. <laughs> he had a wheelchair. Yeah, yeah, it would have to walk a few steps, then drop down to the ground. But <laughs> oh that you God. know, you can take. They figured out now you can take chicken DNA and make a Velociraptor, anything <laughs> like that. So you know. So so I'm just saying. Here's a fact. So fact, chickens descended from dinosaurs. Yep. Fact. Yep. Chickens are delicious. Yep. Fact. Fact. One day, clone dinosaurs. Are going to be delicious. Oh yeah, they're going to be delicious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're gonna we're gonna see we're gonna see uh, the mammoth come back. Oh, delicious. Yeah, <laughs> nice. <laughs> Everybody in the world's like, I can't wait to eat one of those <laughs> braised mammoth. You know, I think that. And uh, then the restaurant, holy mammoth. Yeah, yeah. yeah. holy mammoth, <laughs> holy <laughs> mammoth. I already see it. Here we go, holy yeah. mammoth, holy mammoth. Yep, we brought them back and we're eating them. <laughs> My understanding that two free range eggs a day to a child that is autistic is like taking medicine for him. Really? That's what they have figured out. I've heard that lately. Two raw eggs? Free range. Free range. Free range. That's fascinating. Like real free range, like in your yeah. backyard. Yeah. Not like, not yeah. like you know. Yeah. 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 And what's your, I definitely see a, I see a, a, a book coming out at some point, a recipe. You guys are going to get together. I see like Food Network. I see you guys in the kitchen um, cooking up chicken. What are, what are a couple, <laughs> I just, I see it. What, what are a couple of like your favorite recipes? Well, I like chicken and rice, but I love, the best thing I love is whole barbecue chicken smoked on my yeah. big smoker. Slow smoke. That's smoked. one of my specialties, slow smoking. Oh, they are fantastic. And I have my own homemade barbecue sauce that I made up myself. Ooh. Everybody is begging to eat my chickens and my barbecue sauce. Pretty right. delicious. I see Perfect. that coming. Do you dry rub them, stuff them? My own rubs that I made also. Oh, see, here we go. <laughs> Contact somebody. We'll be glad to have Holy rotisserie. <laughs> yes, sir. Holy rotisserie chicken. Charles, how are you? Well, I'm from the deep south. I like that fried chicken. Fried chicken. Hey, man, man, I like fried chicken. You said the F word. Yeah, I did, didn't I? <laughs> <laughs> but we were talking about chickens and talking about how many. Right now on my farms, we've got 1,250,000 chickens on my farms right now. That's how many we're raised. One million. Crazy. Me and this two. all changes in six and, weeks. And that's, and that's seven, eight weeks. And so every, every eight weeks, you've got a million, two chickens on your a million place. million, two on my farms. Yeah. So a million, two chicks come in yeah. every, every eight weeks, and they go out. This, is, right. a, this is an eight-week so, cycle, yes, 365 sir. days a year. Absolutely, yes, sir. Yeah, so Yo, about seven, seven and a half million chickens a year just through, just through Charles's farms. How many employees? 
Just them. Man, we've had cut, <laughs> we've had cut payroll because you can't hardly pay your yeah, bills. Of course. You know, we went from 12, 13 employees. You know, I count myself. You know, we're down to seven. Well, of course. Because uh, we have to because we're not making any money. Yeah. Tell them who the dead chickens belong to. Farmers. Uh, when they die, they're your responsibility. Yeah, right. With the, Even know, though you're growing them. So, again, you got to think. They're chickens when they're alive. I mean, like I say, this is. And we could talk all day. Oh, yeah. So, this is, so, so then what happens when you have, you know, and you said it's 10%, like a, a attrition rate about 10%. So, you know, you've got 100,000 chickens that are dying every eight weeks. What do you do with 100,000 chickens? Compost them. Yeah. Compost them. Yeah. So it's, it's real labor intensive. It's real. I mean, like I said, used to it wasn't like this. Uh, it costs you a lot of money to get rid of them. But, that, but, a company, mountain. But, yeah, but the companies took, they don't, you know, in the contract, you own those chickens while they're dead, but if they're alive, they're theirs. So they didn't come out on your farm. They're, they're chickens, but when they're dead, they're your responsibility. responsibility. Truck That's them out. Mountain, mountain of decomposing chickens. Exactly. Yes. Dying from everything from heart attack. Not from anything that the farmers did. Right. Dying from you know the genetics and and way the chickens are bred. Overcrowding. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. And do you hope? Do you hope to move on? Do you want to keep farming? You know, I'd love to, but if things don't change, yeah, I, you, you just can't keep doing this. No. It's, yeah. You know, I, I said for us in our heart, we enjoy what we do. We yep. know that we're doing the right thing. We're feeding a lot of people. Yep. Uh, but it's when, when you when you feel as bad as what you do every day, it, it's, it, it works on you. It, it works is. On you it's you. Yeah. Yeah, so, that's tough. Yeah. You're not going to see very many chicken farmers stay in business like Jonathan and I have. You're not going to see that in the future. Yeah. Well, not, 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 if they, not if they are limiting you to having like only six or eight farms because – you're going to be squeezed and squeezed and squeezed. You'll you make stay it. Stay squeezed. Yeah. And then you have a you have a great month and oh, uh, you need uh, listen. You got to have these water filters. Yeah. I, I'm not going to give you chickens unless you don't have these water filters. Or this, that, and the other thing. So there's hope for change. Yeah, I hope so. I hope yeah. so too. Are you, despite the the lawsuits, do you have plans on joining forces with other farmers and 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 lobbying? The biggest thing, most farmers are scared. Yeah. They're just scared. They won't. I mean, there's 30,000 chicken farmers across this nation, and they're not willing to get involved. They're scared. They're scared but about how many, how many are involved in uh, the lawsuit you guys are part of right now? Uh, there's 10 of us. 10 of And it been, it been, that was like pulling teeth to get 10. Yes, we had to really work hard and, uh, to get 10. Okay, and and that's probably, that probably represents 10 to 20 million birds every week. Probably close, yes, sir. Yeah. Yes, sir. Jeez. But that's all we could get. I mean, we had to really dig hard, yeah. you know, because they were scared. Yeah. But you've taken the first step. All we three of you have taken your families. I mean, I mean the three guys. of you are here, but your families all have taken that step to expose, educate. Um, tell the truth. And tell the truth. Yeah. You I mean, it's, when it, when the, the fact that they are getting so abused and blackballed. And, you know, having their kind of names dragged through the mud just because they are, one, trying to make things better, and two, because they're trying to tell you the truth about what's going on is unbelievable. Keep, keep hey, doing it. I, I mean... I, I, man, let me tell you, I'm just a chicken farmer. Jonathan is, too. I mean, he's, they've harassed him. But when you take and Tyson Foods hires a private investigator to go down to the law firm to hire, and to go down to where I'm from, and my ex-wife... Uh, they went to her in-law's house and to sit there and, and talk to him and, and with nobody around and then go to my banks to see, just try to dig up any dirt. My ex-wife, she, she run him down and she videoed her tape for her. So he got out of the SUV and she said, let me tell you something. If you try to find anything on my husband, my husband has took care of this, na- this neighborhood. He takes care of folks. You're not going to find nothing wrong. Here's my number. You call me when it goes to court because this man always does the right thing. Good for so, but but since right. I'm from Kansas City, private investigator, go down there and try to dig up dirt on me. I mean, that's that's not, that's not cool. That's what they do. That's right. That's what the, the and this is wrong. And this is why you've taken the first step to do all of this. And I think you are going to have a a hell of a lot of support. And we'll do whatever we can on our end. Absolutely. Um, hopefully, our podcast isn't sponsored by Tyson. <laughs> <laughs> So, That's awesome. uh, there's probably some, like, uh, um, but I'm, I'm gonna tell you guys, we do appreciate y'all doing this. We really do. We appreciate y'all coming Absolutely. out and, and telling the story. And and I hope this restaurant, I hope Holy Chicken does. I mean, I hope there's one in every city. But you know, we always need to keep farmers in mind too. Keep, you know, both of us. And the fact that you came along and represented today, and doing this kind of tour on these pop ups, it's huge. 
It's right. huge. You it's don't huge. get. You don't usually get to see that personal FaceTime to get Absolutely. to talk to, get to, oh, talk holy to shit, a farmer. I can talk to a farmer. That's yeah. exactly right. Yeah. So, so if you want to be a franchisee, then you can email us at uh, info at holychickenusa.com. We want you to help us take Holy Chicken and help these farmers all over. Make the it country. happen. Make it happen. Just Make it happen. Let's Make help more happen. independent is, chicken farmers. This is just a start. That's. It's the holy franchise. Holy franchise. (laughs) (laughs) And you're going to buy out the five chicken producers. Yep. And we're going to be open every Sunday the way God intended. There we go. That's right. Well, on that note, thank you very much for sharing your story. Check Check out Super Size 2. Um, Yep. Super Size Me 2 Holy Chicken. It's uh, available everywhere today. Everywhere today for download. Uh, The uh, pop-up restaurant is on 23rd Street between 5th and 6th Avenue. Yep. It'll be here to the 22nd. You will see the spectacular, obnoxious green uh, street color. Uh, right. from, from It's very visible from wherever you are on 23rd yep. Street. And uh, it's just calling you in with that natu- natural, all natural color. I love it. Healthy, a little bit of healthy, green, a little bit of orange, and yeah. hot pastures. Yeah. You guys, it, and, it's, and it's opening time now, so it's 11 o'clock. You guys sticking around for chicken sandwiches? Absolutely. I feel like you have to. I, I, I got to tell you, <laughs> I told you earlier, He's vegetarian. ever since 2004, yeah. I have not stepped in a fast food restaurant. Oh well, no! I lied. Uh, I did a. I do a veggie sandwich. Well, luckily, somewhere. luckily, we're a fast casual restaurant. Today, today, so it's working out well. Today, it's happening. <laughs> today, it's happening. So awesome. we'll, we'll have to come back on, on our experience here, but we're not leaving until we have chicken. Awesome! Thank you guys. Thank Thanks, you guys. so much. Thanks for being here. Thank you very much. Thank you. Cheers. Cheers. Thanks for stopping by and listening in. Check us out as well as other great podcasts at Food and Beverage Magazine's Podcast Network. Be sure to follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. And remember to eat, imbibe, and dream. See you next show.